You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. This is our last issue about the boys that we're going to be doing. Uh, we Last week, we created our own boys-esque team in the DC Universe. Well, it's only fair that we go and do it over in the Marvel Universe, too. Right, Chris? Yeah, we got to keep that symmetry. If we're gonna If we're going to destroy one set of superheroes, why not destroy more than just that? <laughs> Uh, I mean, do we have a version of that team uh, that does that? If the Avengers go rogue, is there is there a team in the in the Marvel universe that's that's set up to do that? I think we've seen it pretty close to when when they did. Like, granted, it's it's not in the mainstream continuity, but I think we've seen it when we had. Um, there's two things that come to mind. Obviously, there's the Ultimates, because you, know, you always think about like like that was Mark Millar and he definitely was like, Oh, I can play with the Avengers and make them a little bit more dirty. Cause I always remember, I, th- I think it was like the first or second story arc wasp wanted to get a rampaging Hulk's attention. So she flashed him. Then Hulk was running around after her horny um, captain <laughs> America, kicked the guy while he was down. So like these guys were very much pioneering for the boys before that was a thing. Uh, and then of course, <laughs> Marvel tried something and that they didn't take it too far because I think it got a little too weird, but they did uh, startling stories. And so they were just offbeat tales of the main Marvel heroes. Like they did one with Peter Parker where he was, he was very much a little pervy weird guy. And then they did one with, with Bruce Banner. And basically that's where they were like, the government would steal the Hulk and they'd be like, Hey man, we need you to destroy this town. And he's like, I'm not going to do it. So they would take him up in a plane and kick him out so obviously as he's falling, he's going to Hulk out and, you know, be pissed off. So heaven help the town that he landed in. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's definitely uh, a version of the seven. But do we, is there a uh, is there a team set up in the Marvel Universe to take down the Avengers if the Avengers ever went went rogue? Ooh, I think the best thing he probably got is probably the Thunderbolts, maybe. I think that'd be about it. I'm sure that's that's a directive of the Thunderbolts if uh, that were ever to happen. Do you feel like S.H.I.E.L.D. is also just there for that main reason, too? So it's interesting because at first I would say no. But then I think once the Civil War happened, S.H.I.E.L.D. is like, hey, we're going to do our own thing. You know, so like if if you fit in line with our agenda, you're safe. And the day you don't is the day we're going to come after you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, okay, well then we're going to be picking our our five team member with uh, one leader coming up after our new comic book day. So tell me what is on that spinner rack. All right, so we are ready for some brand new comics. So this October thirteenth, Tuesday, DC Comics will go ahead and start popping them out at you. Um, so we will have Detective Comics one thousand twenty eight. That's right, it's the brand new issue after the big anniversary issue. Uh, so that's going to create some new mysteries for Batman to go on. 
Splash will be hitting issue 763, and this will be a different creative team because Josh Williamson has left the Flash book. Uh, I have to say, I recently went back and I read his last story, Finish Line, and then I followed it up with a Speed Metal. Oh, man, that was some beautiful stuff. Like, he brought the, fas- the Flash family back. That was something I had been missing for so long. Um, I think you would have even enjoyed it, too, because they had... Um, Oh gosh, what's her name? Um, Jesse Quick. She made an appearance in it too. Nice. Yeah. So I thought that was really fun. Uh, during Speed Metal, the flat. Well, Wally was like he said the speed formula, so that stopped the speed force. So they did some really. He did some really cool stuff. So it's. I, I hope he's going on to bigger, greener pastures, and hopefully the Flash will still maintain that same level of quality. Uh, Wonder Woman issue 764 will be out. Uh, and this one has basically Wonder Woman and Max Lord teaming up. And this was an interesting comic because if you look at the cover here, we see Max Lord holding a very sci-fi esque looking gun, right? Well, in the original solicits, he was holding a handgun and it was holding a handgun with a silencer. So if you look at the the positioning of the hands that's it was definitely set up for that and then for some reason they were like no we can't have it so they had to redraw and they just threw some kind of very sci-fi-esque looking uh gun in his hand so i found that interesting why they couldn't have a handgun because as we know with with max lord he he'll definitely shoot you if he needs to (laughs) and i remember hearing about this uh controversy is it a is it a um like comic books code thing like no handguns on covers because what happens with like red hood or or uh so you know uh, honestly i i think it's an internal memo oh okay like you said like the punisher red hood various other characters they all have weaponry um i don't even think the comics code is around anymore usually it goes to yeah if i look at the barcode uh they they internalize themselves so they have wonder woman rated at ages 13 plus I would say I think it was just because of the fact that they realized we're probably going to get more kids coming because of the movie. Mm. Oh, we don't want to portray a gun. But it is funny because they're very being chased by this very cyborg-esque looking woman and she's forming a giant sword. So it's like, well, you can only picture her standing out or stabbing somebody in the back. So it's like, how and where do you draw the line when it comes to that? But yeah, True. as long as it's a gray gun, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Superman issue 26 comes out. And again, we are coming towards the end of Brian Michael Bendis's run on the Superman books. So it'll be very interesting to see how he closes out his, his time as Superman writer. Dark Knight's death metal number four is out. Uh, so this has been blowing up. Like actually death metal has been going crazy. It's going to all corners of the DC universe. Um, if we take a look at this cover, I find it very interesting because the Batman who laughs basically has a portion of Dr. Manhattan's powers. So he's very much looking the smiley button to the point of where it's frowning. So it's like, Ooh, might we be seeing some Watchmen action in this one? Uh, and I love the fact that they're starting to call something anti-crisis what does that exactly mean? So that's going to be very, very interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, plus with the variant covers, we also get the, uh, the Superboy prime cover where he's crushing the skull. So that's going to be interesting because at, in this cover, he looks very much like a villain, 
but as we've seen in future solicits and art, he's definitely going to be on the side of the heroes. So how will that play out? We have strange adventures. Number six, which continues on with, um, uh, Adam strange, Mr. Terrific, as they try to basically decipher what is real and what is not real. Uh, so this will be an interesting series. And I love the fact that we get two covers. So we get the very grim and gritty one by Mitch Gerards, and then we get the, uh, Happy Go Lucky Silver Age one by even Shaner. So that's that's fun to see those gentlemen put their art skills together there. It's in uh, justice they're collaborating. Like they're, it's the same image, just one's dark and one's light, so to speak. Right. Exactly. That's what's really neat too. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. The orientation is very much set up the same, and then they'll just play with it like, okay, well, I'll do mine twisted this way, and you'll do yours heroic that way. So yeah. I think you very, very cool. I think you've answered this before. You're not reading that book right now, right? No, no, I'm not, because Adam Strange, like I think he's a great character, but he's just never been my cup of tea. Uh Mr. Terrific being in the book does have me intrigued. Like I want to check it out just because I've always enjoyed his character. So this one, I'm going to wait and check it out when it's all released so I can get the big adventure in one sitting. I mean, especially since you were a huge fan of uh, King and Gerard's collaboration for Mr. Miracle, like did that, that wasn't enough to bring you in, even though it's uh, Adam Strange isn't a character that you particularly care for. It's interesting because you're right. Sometimes like creative might be like, okay, you know what? They're enough to bank on that. I'll try a new character out for. Um, yeah, I, I guess just Adam Strange hasn't been one of those characters that I, I care to follow. Like, I think he's a great guest star. Um, and, you know, even then, like, I don't know, I kind of I kind of lost my way with Tom King after that whole, uh, you know, Twitter BS. Like, right, I kind of just, right. like, yeah, you know. but yeah, I, I couldn't say Adam Strange is strong enough for me to bank on that creative to be like, OK, let me take that dive. <laughs> when I do I go somewhere with characters <laughs> <laughs> so when i go in and and do that story where adam strange and hugo strange meet at a family reunion and and that that sets off a, a new adventure that's the book that you're going to get interested in adam strange right yeah that's the creative i'll get behind <laughs> <laughs> okay. the, uh, strange family <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, so moving along, Justice League Odyssey comes to a conclusion. Uh, issue 25 is out, and that will be the final issue. Uh, I find this kind of hilarious, though. History does repeat itself. So right now they have Dan Abnett working on the book, and he's a great uh, cosmic aware writer. So I find it funny because when he did Guardians of the Galaxy issue 25, he had a big Thanos cover. And now here we are at Justice League Odyssey number 25, and it has a big dark side cover. So I'll be very curious to see uh, what he might be doing there. Mm. That'll be pretty wild. And this has been a fun team because you've got Jessica Cruz, uh, Orion, Dex Star, the Red Lantern Cat, uh, Starfire, and Cyborg. So it's just been such a and, – and also Asriel, too. He's got his, uh, I guess, his Space Knight armor. I don't know what to call it, but – uh, yeah, I think yeah. this is a good call. Uh, I know <laughs> I should be reading this book, uh, but this book is just all over the place. <laughs> it's it's definitely seems to have gone in in a uh, odd direction. The Dexter is is on the is in the book. Yeah, it's it's definitely something else. So I don't know. Maybe when the trades come out, and I'll, I'll gauge from your reaction. <laughs> but uh, but Recall. yeah, I mean, they took a risk, so it's interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's um, been around see. for what issue number was that? Twenty five. So 25. two 
Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The Green Lantern season two, issue eight will be out. And this is uh, Grant Morrison just decided to heck with it. And he's making his own crisis. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we have the Weaponers of Quard bringing the anti-world and anti-matter energy over to our positive universe. So Hal Jordan, and the GLC are going to have to do some crazy battles to keep it going on. So this has been pretty wild. And what's even more wild about this is technically this would have been the last issue uh because of the supposed rumor of g5 grant morrison was going to finish his green lantern early but then when things changed and the, the firing of dan didio happened uh, that kind of opened it up so grant morrison will continue on with the green lantern until issue 12 so that's going to be very interesting to see who will be the next green lantern writer after that fact Hawkman number 28 will be out as well, continuing on the uh, the adventures of old Carter Har. Rorschach number one is going to be out. So this is going to definitely, uh, for those of you that partake in message boards or reddits or things like that, get ready because the, uh, the fan rage might be good or bad depending on how it happens. Uh, so Tom King and Jorge Fornes are going to team up to tell us the new adventures of Rorschach. The big question is, how can they be new? Are they going to be set before his death? Will he have returned? What's going on? You don't know. So that's what's going to be the big mystery about it. Um, I do have to say all the artwork that I've seen on this has been very wild. Um, for those of you that are Brian Bolin fans of The Killing Joke, he did a camera-esque uh, homage cover to it where we see a beat up Rorschach or maybe that's just his normal looking face holding a single card uh, a Rorschach test card in the style of the Killing Joke camera so that's pretty wild but I'm sure that's going to set you back a pretty penny or two hmm. but yeah that's going to be interesting so it's going to be a 12 issue maxi series so uh, a year from now this thing will come to a conclusion hopefully hopefully <laughs> yeah I I don't see how you could uh, you could do that. No, it's going to be very interesting. I I honestly think we are going to get to a point where um, Watchmen World is just going to exist. Like it's it's no longer um, sacred ground that nobody will nobody will step in or play with. So I just I feel like we're gonna we're gonna see more Watchmen adventures, <laughs> uh, for good or bad. The fear of Alan Moore coming after you is just not going to have that big of a a deterrent anymore. Yeah, no, no, it's not there anymore. The uh, the wrath of the Moore of his beard is not there <laughs> to scare the DC editorial into not playing. Um, it's just because it's such a cash cow. I could see them saying, "No, like we've we've got to do something. Why let these characters sit on the shelf?" Um, which to me is fantastic because I know you and I have had this discussion before. There's a lot of fans that are like, Watchmen is the greatest thing to happen to comics. Um, it's this holier than thou aspect, which is totally fine. You can love your comics, but I think the only reason Watchmen did great was because it was one writer, one artist, 12 issues. Mm -hmm. you know? We could take All-Star Superman, uh, Batman, the, the Batman's Grave. That's a 12 part maxi series, uh, hush. You could take that and say, if we look at just one portion of this character set, then of course it's gold. When you're talking about characters that are 80 plus years old, they're going to have some baggage. And if we really sit down and think about it, the Watchmen characters, 
I think they're nearing 40, aren't they? Uh, yes. Like at least mid 30. So, you know, they're, they're going to start having their problems. And as they've done more with Watchmen, you've kind of noticed that it, it waters it down. So it's like, well, there you go. That's the curse of it. You, you love these characters so much. You want more, but more is not always good. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. yeah, so that's be interesting. Um, well, let's see. Just in time for Halloween, we have DC's The Doomed and The Damned. So they're going to be getting a bunch of writers and artists to team up and give us some very spooky stories featuring Aquaman, Beast Boy, Batman, Darkseid, Green Lantern, Frankenstein, Clarion, Madame Zandu, Orca, Man Bat, Orphan, Rachel Ghoul, Solomon Grundy, Raven, Superman, Swamp Thing, and Wonder Woman. So if you are into any of those characters, definitely pick this up. Uh, we'll have a hefty price tag of $9.99, but it'll also have 80 pages of story. Just fun Halloween antics going all over the place. Like we're going to have Green Lantern teaming up with Entrican the Demon. So I hope whoever the creative is behind that, I hope they find a way to have Entrican try to say the Green Lantern oath because he is a rhyme and deeming. That would be pretty fun to see. That, that would be interesting. <laughs> so yeah, so that's going to be all your DC comics coming at you this Tuesday. Now, if we go we go over to the other side of the fence over on October 14th, Wednesday, all your Marvel comics will be coming out. So we will have the amazing Spider-Man number 50. Last week I was stumbling with my numbers. I knew it did that. It went 49, 850, and now it's going to go back down to 50. Uh, <laughs> interesting. Uh, we are going into the last remains. So what's going to happen there? So we are post sin eater. Um, a lot of great stuff. Like I love the fact that we're starting to see more of the, the spider family. So on the, the typical cover, we can see Spider-Man silk, a uh, spider Gwen or spider ghost miles and uh, Jessica drew spider woman teaming up with old Peter Parker. So that's going to be very interesting to see uh, them stick around for the rest of the series. And there are a lot of great variant covers for this celebration issue. Uh, we got a nice one here with, uh, Spider-Gwen, uh, we got a silk cover. Uh, if you're looking for the Alex Ross Timeless Variants, that will be where you'll get your Spider-Man cover for that one as well. The Immortal Hulk issue 38 will launch. Uh, this one is, again, the Immortal Hulk, I'm hearing nothing but fantastic stuff. So I am trade waiting and I'm going to cheat and get to read the full story in one sitting. Uh, but Al Ewing is doing some wild, wild stuff. Uh, and the reason why I single this one out is because the cover, it's an Alex Ross cover. But what I love here is it's an homage to an homage. So back in the day when uh, Neil Adams was the artist on Superman, they did a cover where he's busting out flexing and the chains are breaking. Mm -hmm. I think that was part of the whole kryptonite nevermore where they were making Superman not have the silly weakness. So with it being such a classic piece of comic book art, Alex Ross then recreated that with Superman doing the same thing. And now he is recreating it once again, but this time with the incredible Hulk flexing out of those chains. So it is a very beautiful piece of work. Um, I think it would be fantastic if you could get both of those items and lay them out side by side. Uh, Alex Ross art is just something I could stare at for hours upon hours. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, let's see. We have Avengers number 37 coming at us. So right now, if you are a Moon Knight fan, now is the time to be reading Avengers because Jason Aaron is having the Moon Knight come over and guest star in the Age of Khonshu. I'm sure I'm Kenoshu? No, Khonshu. Uh, Khonshu? Okay. Right. So yeah, so he's definitely going to be uh, guest appearing there. This will be the conclusion. So what's going to happen to Moon Knight after this is over? Oh, we'll find out in this finale. Uh, and also keep an eye out if you are a fan of the Timeless Covers by Alex Ross. This one will feature the Black Panther. So I know that's definitely going to be a sought-after comic, especially if they do the tribute head to Chadwick Boseman. So no one definitely get it before the secondary market goes nuts. New Mutants, number 13, which is part of the X of Swords, will be coming at you this Wednesday. Um, I do have to say one thing that is really exciting about the X-Men line being united is that when they do these crossovers, we're not sitting and waiting anymore. Like there's like two or three parts coming at you a week. So that's very exciting. Um, and then also for the timeless covers, Colossus will be on the new mutants. Captain America issue 24 will be out. Uh, this is going to lead us to a big, uh, a lot of stuff is coming too. So Sharon Carter, uh, she is going to be dealing with, her age issues, Red Skull might be coming back to life. So a lot of crazy stuff from Tenesti Coates. Uh, this has been a great book. I really appreciate it. It feels like it's a uh, spiritual successor to Ed Brubaker's Captain America. So I really appreciate that. And again, just to keep an eye out, the Falcon will be featured on the Alex Ross Timeless cover here. Hellions number five and Cable number five will be out, which are also parts of the X of Swords. So yeah, there's three parts of the X-Men crossover hitting you right there. Um, <laughs> for the timeless covers, we get Jean Grey Phoenix on the Hellions number five. And Cable is not part of that, so you don't have to chase down a variant. But I am very excited about this cover because we see a young Cable with Cyclops and Jean Grey. So it looks like the Summers family might be stepping it up some, which is fantastic for me. Captain Marvel issue 22 will be out. Uh, so if you want to get to see the newer adventures of Carol Danvers, uh, the new story arc starts here. Let me see. I think they already did her timeless cover. I'm not too sure. Well, I'll have to come back to it. Um, but we also have, <laughs> I guess I missed this part, from the X of Swords. <clears throat> it, it doesn't get any better than reading the crossover itself, but they will have the X of Swords handbook. So if you want to get those new character bios on all your favorite characters in the Mighty Marvel mutant verse this is definitely the book to check out to see what's going to happen with them or what has happened to them uh let's see here okay so i finally got it to load uh captain marvel nope so you don't need to worry about there being a uh, timeless variant cover for her there marvel zombies resurrection number three will be out uh as i mentioned last week this has been really fun they're doing a great job this time with the marvel zombies so i would highly recommend picking it up and if you're looking to save some money the true believers will be releasing black widow and the amazing spider-man number one so this reprints reprints amazing spider-man number 86 featuring one of their early team-ups and then we also get black widow amazing adventures number one which will collect the Black Widow story from Amazing Adventures numbers one and two. So that is what's coming at us outside of Marvel Comics. That is quite the spinner rack for uh, this week. So 
anything in particular that you want to talk about that you're reading? So lately it's been a lot of the uh, Batman Captain America stuff. So shameless plug there, but um, it's, it's actually been really fun. Um, I, I've been enjoying uh, doing this series with Rafa where we sit down and talk about it. Uh, but it's been real fun going back and exploring what Ed Brubaker was laying down with Captain America comics, because I think before, yeah, no, I know before the, uh, before this run happened, uh, Captain America and Bucky kind of shared like a father son uh, relationship, you know, because Bucky was always considered way more younger than Steve Rogers. And luckily when, uh, when Ed Brubaker took over the book, he decided to play it off that. No, these guys, like they're both young guys being enlisted to go fight in world war two. So it's like, it kind of feels like, Bucky might be that 17 year old kid who's sneaking in. And, you know, Steve is that 20, 20 year old uh, kid who's trying to serve his country. So this was the series that really started playing with them as brothers. Uh, and then on the Batman side of stuff, uh, Grant Morrison is always a head trip. So <laughs> I definitely have to get my, my chalkboard and, and, uh, rope map ready for his wild adventures but it has been neat seeing dick grayson as batman reliving those adventures again so that's been some fun stuff have you noticed i mean i, I assume that's what the the point of the discussion between those two stories are but have you noticed that like there is a lot of similarity between the two stories the two characters or is there a lot of is there more difference in their similarity Oh no, I would definitely say there's a lot of similarity. Um, it's, it's funny because I was looking at stuff like, I mean, I, I want to like, I know Ed Brubaker's Captain America started first, like probably close to about a year, but as the two books started syncing up in real time, um, they were, they were both publishing uh, very, very close to each other. So it's funny that both when Steve Rogers and Bruce Wayne quote unquote died, they were sent through time. You know, so they had to relive certain events or be placed in historical times. Uh, you have Bucky Barnes and Dick Grayson taking up the mantles for their respective legacy. Um, so there was just a lot of lot of similarity. And I even love that it's like, you know, for, for Bucky, he's going up against his greatest villain, Baron Zemo. Dick Grayson is going up against Two-Face, his greatest uh, enemy. So it definitely plays to my symmetry where I, I love seeing the same similar story happen. So I definitely do get a kick out of that. Um, but I do appreciate when there are certain twists, cause we're looking at like, we're getting close to uh, the death of Bucky Barnes and the death of Dick Grayson. Uh, when those things happened in fear itself and forever evil. But it's funny because of course, you know, these characters don't die. They, they come back pretty quickly. And so it's funny because when Bucky dies, you know, Steve gets emotional and he's happy to find out that Bucky's alive. When Dick died. You know, Batman's kind of ticked off at him. Like, how could you let yourself get captured? And <laughs> so it is funny to see those parts of their character come through. But no, there's totally a lot of similarity there. I was very surprised. So, so the, you're saying the fact that, um, Dan Didio is no longer the, you know, uh, publisher over there at, at DC that Nightwing can finally breathe easy and know that, someone's not out there trying to gun for his death well there is that but at the same time 
it is kind of scary um, because Dan Didio definitely did lobby for, you know, like, hey, Dick would be a great character to kill during Infinite Crisis. And he's not wrong. I, mean, I don't want to see it, but he's not wrong. Um, but at the same time, it is scary because you never know what the next person coming through might think. Be like, hey, you know what? He had a good idea. He just didn't apply it right. So let's do it this way. <laughs> So say you get to create a story where uh, the two companies play 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 nice with each other again, and you get the Batman Captain America uh, story arc. Let's let's give you a little mini challenge there. What what would be your your uh, three issue story of the three two of them teaming up? So I think it'd be fun. I'd I'd love to play with as many elements as possible. Um, so I think it'd be fun to be like Batman and captains. So I would love to have. Bruce and Steve team up as their respective. Uh, Bucky and Dick team up as their Batman Captain Americas. And I thought this was neat because it almost happened around the same time. But let's put Jim Gordon back in his bat suit alongside Sam, uh, Sam Wilson in his Captain America suit. So we'll have those Batman and Captain Americas team up. And I guess since it's a three part mini, that's perfect. One issue for each of them to face off with. And so you would have like, they're obviously on the trail of something big. So we'd probably start off with uh, Artem Zola and Penguin being the first level henchmen, uh, Two-Face and Baron Zemo being the second level henchmen. Then it all culminating with the Joker and Red Skull uh, just causing pure chaos based off of the groundwork from the previous villain. So I think that'd be fun just to, just to have one of those artist delight type stories where we put as many characters in as we can. That'd be fun. Can I ask for one thing that I see in this uh, this book? What you got? I want to see uh, Bruce Wayne put on Captain America's outfit and, and Steve Rogers put on Batman's outfit. <laughs> that would be great because you would totally have a angry, grimacing Captain America. And then you Steve Rogers prancing around, you know, look at me. I'm the dark guardian of the night. <laughs> I mean, I would, I, I would love to see that that way too. But I would also love to just be like, like Steve puts on the Captain America or puts on the Batman outfit, and he kind of just lets go for the first time ever. Like he he doesn't have to worry about wearing the stars and stripes, and he can be a little bit darker. He can you know uh, punch a little bit harder, so to speak. And then <laughs> then you got Batman like wearing the stars and stripes and being like. This is what it's like to be out during the daytime. This is what it's like to to have everybody not fear you but love you, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that would be a neat ex- uh, example to check out. You know, see how they have that role reversal: one where the weight of the world isn't on your shoulders, and then the other where the weight of the world isn't as heavy on your shoulders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then also, you have to have a scene where. Uh, the either the red skull has to bring up the fact that the joker punched him <laughs> in those in those that other crossover the earlier crossover or uh the joker like apologizing about it or something or threatening to do it again <laughs> yeah right yeah touch base on that yeah it's like well i can appreciate that you're an american lunatic but next time <laughs> a little bit more of a heads up <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. So that was, a, that was a nice little challenge and, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that story from you. So, uh, let's go ahead and get into our boys in the Marvel universe challenge. As last week, we needed to come up with a five person team with one leader that has a government position, so to speak. Um, and one of the 
people on the team has to be super powered, just like the boys in the television show, where you have Billy Butcher, Mother's Milk, Frenchie, Kimiko, Huey, and then is it Colonel Mallory or General Mallory? I think it's Colonel. I think it's Colonel. I think it is Colonel. It's Colonel. Uh, at this point, the last episode of season two of the boys has dropped. So uh, we aren't going to spoil anything like that, but we just want uh, to keep going with our, our challenge here. Uh, they're going to end on a bang. So will we <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe next season when we do, they do season three, we'll have uh, more uh, challenges to go, to go along with uh, the season three. But as of right now, four unpowered beans from the Marvel universe, one powered bean from the Marvel universe and one government official from the Marvel universe. Chris, take it away. Okay. So I, I really enjoyed last time playing with all the, uh, side characters. So I decided to to go that route again. So I'm going to throw a wild lineup at you just to get those reactions. So let's start off with Petit Huey. So I thought this would be a fun play on things and it would be quite a bit of a character check. But so I'm going to have my hero who is just utterly destroyed by discovering that the soups are evil. It's going to be Flash Thompson. Wow. Yeah, he's going to such an admirer of Spider-Man that he does turn a blind eye until finally something happens to him where he's like, oh, my God, these guys are scumbags. <laughs> so I would just be wild to see that. uh as we see uh, Flash Thompson lose it. And plus, I think it would be great because he's Flash Thompson, right? He's the big man on campus. You know, he's he's never had to worry about stuff. Now he's going to be played up as Huey. <laughs> so <laughs> he's going to have to be like more stuck in a reactionary state instead of being able to do things his way. So I thought that'd be fun to play against that type. So this is not Agent Venom Flash Thompson. Oh, no, no, no. This is this is a, you know, this is definitely probably some of the, I would say this is probably like a Flash Thompson even before he's enlisted. So kind of floating around college trying to figure out what to do. Okay. Okay. I'm in. Yeah. So I thought that'd be fun to play him up that way. So, of course, who's going to come and recruit him to be like, hey, we're going to take these soups down. Well, I thought long and hard about this one. So Billy Butcher hates soups so much that he is his own worst enemy, right? Mm-hmm. So, who has such a hatred for superheroes in the Marvel Universe? No one. No one other than J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. J. Jonah Jameson is your Billy Butcher? Yep. Yep. Uh, he, like, this is going to be perfect because... Here's a J. Jonah Jameson, who was the publisher of the Daily Bugle. And for years, he's been saying how the soups are scumbags. They're worthless. They're horrible people. And he's right. But nobody ever believed him. So it got to a point where they're like, Jonah, you're just too damned obsessed. So he gets fired. So now he's like, I've lost my company. I've lost everything. So, yeah, here's a J. Jonah Jameson on the edge. Um, so I'm just so excited to see that flat top with a beard. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's the that's the route I'm gonna go there. Um, then okay, well we looked at the uh, the only character that really got to be powered was the female, right? So the thing I like about the female is 
sign language. I think that's really neat. I, I, I love that. Like, yes, she's been tormented and she's kind of been put somewhere, but she's coming out of her shell with it. Right. So I thought about that. And obviously this is just an excuse for me to get to play with one of my favorite characters. A female was also experimented on. Right. So I decided, I said, you know what? I'm going to have it be the soldier, the winter soldier. Ooh. Um, going to be that character yeah so he's obviously been manipulated like you know at first he was just a kid hanging out with a soup and then you know when the soups decided like dude we don't really care about you he got tossed aside while they experimented on him and so now he has the bionic arm he has the powers you know all those types of things so we'll definitely play this up as a as a darker winter soldier that never really got the chance to come out of his um come out of his shell, you know? So he's, he's the one who's trapped in that regard. Uh, then when it comes down to my mother's milk, so the mother's milk character, this time I looked at it more as the medical side of things. So I thought to myself, okay, I really need somebody who is just experienced, uh, with that field. And of course I thought to myself, well, who do the superheroes always go to? They go to night nurse. So Night Nurse is going to be on my team. Um, I'm open to any identity. I know the the popular one would probably be Claire Temple just from the uh, the Defenders and uh, Daredevil Netflix show. So I thought that'd be great. So you always got to have a medic on your team if you want to survive. And then this one was a bit of a stretch. But I'm excited to see where it goes. So for the next character we had um, our, our, our Frenchie, right? So who's going to be the one that's kind of the weapons expert or things like that. Oh, I'm really thinking outside the box. So this may or may not work, but I'm excited. <laughs> I'm going to go with Foggy Nelson. Ooh. I, the question is, wait, Foggy, how? He's not, he's not mechanical. But the thing is, Foggy has a sharp mind. Like when his mind looks at stuff, it, it goes there. Like he's, he's like, Oh, I remember this weird little law that enables us to do what I need to do. So I thought it would be great to say, you know what? There we go. I'm going to take that mind of foggy. He's going to be so disillusioned because his best friend is a soup who is just constantly, as he's finding out, put his life in danger. So he's like, I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. So he, he kind of just decides to cut loose and you know, when foggy goes out wild, we're going to see what that looks like. So that would be my ground team. And then again, when it comes down to their handler, <clears throat> so military people. So I figured this would take, this would play pretty nicely and it would kind of play more towards the way Mallory is p portrayed in the show as a, as an older woman. So I'm going to make my Mallory be uh, Peggy Carter. Uh, she will be there. She'll have been from the start. She remembers when heroes were actually good. And then she's watched them turn into soups and she's just morally ashamed of them. So that that'd be a fun way to play up that aspect of things. That is, a, I mean, foggy Nelson. Like, I love it. I love it. Like, I mean, how do you see that playing out for, for that, for that character on the team? Because I mean, not that he's, a coward or anything, but like, I don't ever think of him as being physical. Oh, you know, he's going to go through such a radical metamorphosis. Like it's almost to the point where like, maybe he could have been Huey, you know, but it's just one of those things where it's like, like I love daredevil. That's one of my top tier characters. And I just, I think about like, and again, you know, we read the, we read daredevil for the adventures of Matt Murdock, but at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like, Oh my God, like all the crap 
that Foggy has been put through because of his friendship with Matt, I could see it eventually pushing him to a point one day where he's like, yeah, man, I started doing drugs, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> that was the only way to, to take the anxiety down, to take the pressure off. And then all of a sudden you start finding out even more like, yeah, you know, uh, I knew Matt wasn't always going to be there to protect us. And his secret identity is about as shocking as Santa Claus. So it's like, what could I do? I, I had to find ways to protect myself. So this will definitely be creating a Franklin Nelson that has bite. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. Do you, do you think at any point in, in their history has, has, has Matt ever like sat uh, not so much sat him down, but like trained Foggy in in a fighting style of any of any particular kind. Ooh, that's such a great idea that's never been played out, and they should have like that. That totally would make sense. Where it's like, hey, you know, like here, here's an extra, you know, Billy Club that I have, so that way, in case you ever get attacked, you can take care of yourself. Um, oh, unfortunately, they've never shown it, but that's definitely that would be a very smart Daredevil Lost Pages adventure to do. <laughs> Uh, give me a, the real quick rundown again of, of your six characters. Oh, I've got Flash Thompson as Huey, A. Jonah Jameson as Butcher, the Winter Soldier as the female, Night Nurse as Mother's Milk, Augie as Frenchie, and then Peggy as the General. Now, do you did you have any characters that you were thinking or was was on the cusp of being on the team that you didn't that didn't make the cut? So I could say the only thing I thought about, and this is where I struggled because I wasn't sure how I could have played it off. I kind of wanted to try to see if there was a way to make uncle Ben work for this team. Oh um, my goodness. Yeah. Like I really wanted to make this team like so left field. And I figured that would be neat because uh, Spider-Man, like it's interesting because if you look at it, like obviously things that are shocking back in the day are not as shocking as they are nowadays. Uh, so the fact that, like Peter Parker was crazy when he first came out because it was like, wait, this is a guy who got superpowers and didn't try to be a hero at first. So that was definitely something worth taking an eyeball at. So if any character really wanted to try to be like, you know, like the soups, I could definitely see Peter Parker buying into that, you know, where it's like, Hey, I've got powers. I'm going to go be a professional wrestler and, and win a car and all these things, you know? So it's like, yeah, if the government comes around saying, Hey, we're going to create a team called the seven. Are you in Peter Parker would be totally down because if you go all the way back to amazing Spider-Man number one, he tries to join the fantastic four because he's under the assumption they get paid. <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> I like being a superhero and I also like a paycheck. Let's make this happen. And that's when they're like, sorry, dude, we don't get paid. And so he's like, peace, I'm out. You know, so <laughs> you could definitely see him going that route. Get paid. They, all those ideas that Richard had, like, like they get, they get, they sell the patents for, like, he gets money. They have money. <laughs> they just don't want to spend it. <laughs> they don't want to share it. Um, you know what would have been also maybe a cool reveal? Like maybe not so much Ben Parker, but maybe Mary and Richard Parker. Ooh, that could have been something. Yeah. Have them show up again and be like, yeah, we abandoned our son and maybe daughter. If we <laughs> go with that storyline. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we did this instead. I, I thought that, I mean, that'd be kind of interesting. I didn't even think about them as characters. Well, actually, I like where you're going with that. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why Peter got picked. 
because they were such good field agents. And one day they were tasked with killing a child's soup and they're like, no, we can't do it. So they're like, oh, okay. Then in that case, we'll take your child and make them one. <laughs> oh, that's scary. That spider wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't by accident. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't an accident at all. Uh, okay. Well, once again, Chris went with the non-powered sidekick characters and uh, I'm going with the non-powered hero villain characters. <laughs> uh, my Huey character, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know enough about her character or not, but Nadia Van Dyne. Oh, okay. She has a power, but that's pin particles, right? Yeah, yeah. So she's not powered. She just uses superhero technology yeah so I, I feel that's a safe okay to me i make the rules i guess it's okay then. <laughs> <laughs> you sign the check uh, you make the rules. <laughs> so that yeah that's that's my like obviously she has that tortured past if you, you go into the red room and she was trained as an assassin and all that stuff like she knows that there's darkness out there but you know looking up to her father and janet and uh, there's other superheroes. Maybe she comes to realize that mm, superheroes need to be policed. They need to be watched uh, because of some tragedy that happens in her life. Because all tragedy happens in her life, right? <laughs> well, and that works too. If you consider, you know, Hank Pym's her dad and, you know, here's a guy that, you know, he, he's a great superhero, but unfortunately the writers just decided to be like, Hey, let's have him cross some lines. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Uh, and then who who's going to be the Billy Butcher? It can't be anybody other than Frank Castle. Frank Castle comes in. He's ready. He's taken out all the mob guys, and now he's ready to start taking on superheroes. I'll kill any hero that that uh, steps out of line at this point. I mean, why why isn't he like taking uh, scope to um, Bullseye at this point? Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's one of those things where it's like. Um anybody deserves to go down it's bullseye and why haven't you done it <laughs> i mean if you're even if you're just sticking to mob guys bullseye works for mob people all the time like why haven't you just tracked him down and killed him but that's neither here nor there until this story um my mother's milk is a person that has walked both sides of the line and is ready to do what needs to be done clint barton hawkeye Oh, very nice. Good pick. I mean, do you, do you consider Clint to have a superpower? Is that all training? You know, I, I if you make it a power, you lose the character. It's yeah. got to be trained. It has to be, you know, it's uh, it's he just he's so good at what he does. That's why he does what he does. Otherwise, if it's a mutant power, then it's like, oh, well, he's he's nothing to he's nothing to deal with, you know, Un unlike Bullseye, who would be. I, I consider that a mutant power, right? You can't throw a toothpick out a window and kill somebody by having to hit their eye unless that's a mutant power. Well, see, and, and that's a tough one I struggle with. I think he's also skill as well. He's just like, I, it's tough to say like, okay, he's just got an uncanny knack for things, but I've always felt he's, he's if he were to, you know, take a mutant test, he'd show up, you know, negative. He wouldn't have anything. Interesting. Okay, the fact that we fall on two different sides of this is interesting, but we'll have to keep we'll have to we'll keep that in mind for next time. Bullseye papers. <laughs> <laughs> My Frenchie is a person that is uh, well known to the Punisher. 
Electronachios. Oh, okay. Assassin in her own right and uh, willing to take out whoever she needs to take out too. So I think that's a a, a good uh, representation there. And um, I like—I mean, I know I didn't read, I wasn't reading the Thunderbolts at that time, but Electra and uh, Frank became a couple, right? Yeah, yeah, they did because that was in response to the whole Superman Wonder Woman kiss. So it's like, oh yeah, well. We'll take uh, Punisher and uh, Electra, and there we go. <laughs> we did it. Um, and then uh, my my chemical character is probably a character not too many people remember. I remember her from uh, the Loners book, but Hollow. Apparently, she's the feral, like kind of like feral cat pow- powers body that um, the Saint Croix siblings kept inhabiting. But when there's nobody in there, she's just kind of a mute and ready to kill and is uh, super powered. Don't remember. I don't, yeah, I don't know if you remember that character. At one point, her name was also Penance. And I think they gave up that that name when Speedball took over the name of Penance. So, yeah, yeah uh, I think you're right. That's probably when they, they lost that one on her. <laughs> and then my government liaison is a character that I actually had to go look up what his role is in the Marvel comic book universe at this time. Phil Coulson has once again, you know, lived and died in the Marvel comics as just like he does in the Marvel cinematic universe. Apparently Thunderbolt Ross has him throwing together the, the squadron Supreme of America team, which we've talked about before is just the uh, JLA of the Marvel universe. Well, I'm going to say that he makes this Squadron Supreme of America uh, team for Thunderbolt Ross, but then on the down low, he creates his own team that will take out any soup that needs to be taken out. And thus, Agent Phil Coulson of S.H.I.E.L.D. and whatever else is your your Colonel Mallory. Nice. And he's a good pick because he's definitely somebody that would... I could see him holding people up to a high moral standard. And then once he discovers what they really are, you know, he's, he's like, screw this. I'm done with you all. I'd love to see a scene where he's holding the captain America trading cards. And once he discovers caps, a bastard, he just crumbles it up and he's like, no more. <laughs> I mean, it, he died in secret empire, right? Which is evil cap. So, yeah. So, uh, I could see that he comes back to life, takes those Captain America trading cards and crumbles up, throws them into a uh, trash can fire and walks away. Kind of like, you know, in reminiscence of Spider-Man, no more. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anybody that I wanted to be on this team that I didn't get around to, I kind of wanted to throw in uh, uh, War Machine, Rhodey. Oh, that's a good character to play with. Like, I just, I mean, being a government man his whole life and career, and then eventually the security guard to Tom to Tony Stark or whatever you want to call it, personal security, uh, and then on again, off again, Avenger, all this stuff. Like, do you feel like he would have seen enough to be like, yeah, soups are just bad? Oh, totally. Like, I think <clears throat> when when the Civil War happened, he was like. 
know, they, they did a great job of it in the movie with Don Cheadle, but he's like, this is what I already do. I'm not worried. Like I, you don't have to stress with me cause I kept myself countable, you know? Um, so he's definitely going to be somebody who is all about sticking it to those who cross the line, you know? Um, when he was killed during Civil War II, that led to Punisher taking his costume and, and, and doing stuff. Um, then when he got brought back to life somehow, you know, he went up to Frank and he's like, hey, man, from, from one military to another, this ain't cool, you know? And that's when he was like, here, here's your costume back. That's fine. Sorry. Um, so I could definitely see him, you know, getting to that point of, you know, I, you know, almost like a, a judge dread. I am the law, you know, especially when they show him with that weird paddle taser weapon, you know, it's like, yeah, this is yeah. Gonna, I was going to be like, cross the street. I dare you cross the street. See what happens. <laughs> Speaking of his death in civil war two, has he come back to life in the comic books? Yeah, no, he did. I don't know how, but he did come back. Cause yeah, that blew my mind. Like I said, when he went up to Frank, it was like, give me my armor back. I'm like, how's he alive? Is this a trick? You know, but nope, he's, he's, he's back to back. It's another mystery for uh Vic Sage to, to, <laughs> to, to solve. And you know that if you are part of our Patreon, so uh, reimagine if is a companion to our episodes that you can only get if you're one of our patrons on our Patreon page. So go check that out. All right, Chris. Uh, another week done. Uh, I mean, how how, how what do you think the sales are going to be on both of our stories? Um, I definitely could say we can we can buy three brand new cars because they're going to do that. Fantastic. <laughs> um, Good to know. Wait to get my Viper. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how, how, who's going to say no? Especially if this goes live action, we get to see J.K. Simmons, uh, you know, walking around calling everybody a cunt. How, how are you not going to enjoy that? <laughs> I mean, they have similar hair. It makes sense. I get it. <laughs> hey, actually, if it's J.K. Simmons after being yoked up for being James Gordon that we saw. Uh, uh, that- that, that you could be afraid of that J, J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> right? Oh my god, I didn't realize that. That means J J. Jonah Jameson and Gordon were on both of my teams, so you're right. <laughs> is gonna get work from me. You're welcome, buddy. <laughs> He's J J uh J. K. Simmons is, is Chris's go to uh superhero actor. So just so you know, Superman, he's coming for that role too. <laughs> I need somebody to play Captain Adam, J.K. Simmons. You can play the Superman version, uh, like the alternate, the basically the the character that um is Invincible's dad on in those books, in Image Comics. He played him. No, I'm just saying he could. He looks like Omni Man, isn't that the the guy, the character? Like he kind of looks like him. You're you're actually right. He totally could. And even if they did an animated adaptation, that would be, I mean, JK's got such a great voice. So it's like that would be perfect. So, but you're right. If they did a live action, I, I want to see JK Simmons be Omni Man. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> there you go. So if you uh liked our stories or want to talk about any of the other stories that we talked about today, please get a hold of us on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geekly Media. Where can people find you, Chris? 
Best place to find me is on Twitter. My handle is stuff I should say should being spelled S H U D. Uh, please also check out Geekly Media's website, geeklymedia.com, uh, where I post all my wonderful writings. And right now, uh, just to remind you, we are still doing our Batman Captain America with Rafa. And also check out Adventures in Poor Taste at aiptcomics.com for all my brand new comic book reviews. Go check that out right now. Then, if you want to talk to the rest of Geekly Media, it's at Geekly Media on Twitter, at Geekly Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, geeklymedia.com. Check out all the bonus material that I mentioned earlier on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Geekly Media. Then, whatever podcatcher you're using to listen to us, please rate and review us so that you too can help spread the word of our network for others to also listen to. But we want to grow. We want to bring you more fun and excitement. So we need you to help us out. That's right. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geekly Media Network saying, always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.